Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go. It's time for the Tuesday edition of the Daily 10. It's your friend Matt back again, and we're ready to take you on our 10-minute sports journey together today. Here's what's coming up on our Rhodes Group Rundown. It's brought to you by the Rhodes Group. I know what you're thinking, Matt. Who are the Rhodes Group? Well, it's Clayton Rhodes and his group of wonderful independent insurance agents whose job is to get us, you, me, our families, the best home and car insurance rates, the best policy, the best coverage. They can do that because they're going to make sure they give you up to 10 insurance quotes. Their job is to shop the rates to make sure, again, they're getting you the best coverage, but also saving you the most money. If you're not getting 10 insurance quotes, you're going to miss out on an opportunity. And if you start trying to do it yourself, you're going to spend hours and hours trying to get it done, and you might make a big mistake. Instead, get in touch with an independent insurance agent like the Rhodes Group to help you out. It's at no cost to you. What you can do is end up saving and getting peace of mind, which comes with things like comprehensive collision coverage, uninsured motorist coverage, third-party liability, all the things you kind of know about, but you could mess up if you don't have the help of an independent agent like the Rhodes Group. Get those 10 home and car insurance rates by going to a page they have specifically for you, the Daily 10 listener, at roads-group.com. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S, roads-group.com slash churnoff, or call them. They'll give you the 10 quotes over the phone at 678-341-9667 for the Rhodes Group. As the Falcons get ready to head to Arizona to face the 1-8 Cardinals, I'll share some what I think are very important thoughts on the Falcons' painful quarterback situation. Plus, the Dogs get ready to host Ole Miss in a battle of two top 10 teams Saturday night at Sanford Stadium. And that'll be the first of what Georgia has coming up, a gauntlet, that if they're able to run this gauntlet, it's going to be one of the more impressive things college football has seen in a very long time. And as the Braves' offseason now can get into full effect, we know who the Falcons picked or the Falcons, who the Braves picked up options on. We'll talk about what the Braves' payroll, what their option situation looks like coming up. But I want to start with the Falcons, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites in Arizona on Sunday. That's a 4.05 start. As of the recording of this podcast, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be for Arizona, but it sounds like it's trending towards Kyler Murray making his return. They started the rookie Clayton Toon yesterday, or on Sunday, excuse me, and got shut out 27 nothing. so... Lucky for the Falcons, they'll get to see Kyler Murray. Now, we do know it's going to be Taylor Heineke for the Falcons, Arthur Smith, who shaved the mustache, by the way. Bad move. Keep the stash. Don't look like you're desperate. 
he uh, announced that Taylor will be the guy at least this week, and then they'll reevaluate during the bye week. Sunday was a reminder that making the move to Heidecke wasn't going to change much. It was just sort of a lateral move. It was a veteran who, because of his experience, maybe got the ball out a little quicker. But from a statistical standpoint and from an impact point of view, it looked very similar to Ritter. Heineke isn't much better, but again, if you're going to lean toward the veteran, that's what you want to do. His stat line was very similar to something you might see out of Desmond. He was 55% completions through a pick, was very close to throwing a couple of more. He threw four turnover-worthy throws. He also was with an eyelash of a fumble. That's just kind of Taylor. He can rip it, make some good throws, but he's never taken care of the ball. So thought number one, I don't care who the quarterback is at this point. Whether it's Ritter or Heineke, it doesn't matter because they're so similar. The bigger question is, can the Falcons get the stuff around them right more often? In other words, can this run game that has regressed in a way that none of us saw coming, can it improve enough to help the quarterback, whomever it's going to be, out more? Can this O-line do a much better job, both in the run game and in pass pro? Can the defense, which had been good enough through the first seven or eight weeks, which has really taken a step back in the, in the last couple of weeks, can it be better? So those are things that I care more about because the quarterbacks are very limited in what they're going to do. The whole theory was, can the stuff around them be good enough to cover up for them just being limited? So that's thought number one. Number two, and I stand by what I said. I have no doubt that I think Arthur Arthur Blank was involved in the push to change quarterbacks to Taylor Heineke. Otherwise, it made no sense, right? I mean, the way Arthur Smith had gone to bat for Desmond Ritter week after week after week, and then after a poor first half where the stats didn't look horrible – he made the switch to Taylor Heineke. It just it felt weird. And now I wonder how much Arthur Blank and Arthur Smith and the brain trust at Flowery Branch are all putting their heads together on the quarterback decision after this week. My gut tells me if the Falcons win against Arizona, which is not a given, by the way, they're going to stay with Heineke the rest of the way. And number three, we can start making lists of quarterbacks that you think are intriguing for the Falcons in the draft. And in free agency, but I think their next quarterback is coming via trade. So I think there are three candidates that make the most sense that the Falcons will trade for. The most obvious is the one they're playing on Sunday at Arizona with Kyler Murray. The next one is Justin Fields because the Bears could move on from him and draft a quarterback. And the other was the guy the Falcons liked in the draft. Remember, it was thought if they were going to take a quarterback a couple of years ago, Trey Lance was the only one they were looking at. He's a backup now in Dallas, so you could get him probably for not much in the way of compensation. I don't think you can completely eliminate them drafting a quarterback. Certainly that's in play. But I think if Arthur Smith is still the coach and Terry Fontenot is still the GM, and again, that's not even guaranteed, they're on a timeline, man. The clock is tick, 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 ticking away. I don't know that you have time to develop another quarterback. They need a plug and play. And if one of those three names that I gave you via trade is available, I think they're very much in play. Again, Falcons in Arizona Sunday against the 1-8 and eight Cardinals. All right, we'll talk about Georgia getting ready to run a gauntlet in a moment but first i'll remind you we're brought to you by the daily draft it's matt's go-to sports bar in downtown woodstock it's on main street right in the heart of downtown woodstock so if you live in woodstock easy to get to but if you're in roswell you're right around the corner you're in milton alpharetta you're close you're in canton or kennesaw check out the daily draft if you have not been if you have come back again it's great on a saturday for college football it's great for all the pro football action on sunday they do have the best big screen in the burbs try it tell me i'm wrong everybody who's gone is like oh my god matt you're right that's the best place to watch a game to have the biggest game on the biggest big screen. Not to mention great views of all the games in a two-story sports bar environment. Self-serve taps on the beer wall for you to choose what you want to drink when you want it. They rolled out a brand new menu with all kinds of right answers from wings to soups to salads, sandwiches, flatbreads, you name it, they have it all. 
at Craft Beer Bar for you crafties and so much more. Check them out online at thedailydraft.net. Better yet, follow them on their social channels, Instagram, Facebook, for all things going on at the Daily Draft. So Georgia pulled off the first of what will be a very difficult run to a third straight national championship with their win over Missouri this past Saturday. At the time, Missouri 7-1, the number 12 team in America. Well, now look ahead. Georgia will face this group. Ole Miss, who right now is in the top 10, 8-1. At Tennessee, who's 7-2, ranked in the top 15. Georgia Tech, who is playing better. I think, again, that's the easiest of the games, but it's not just the layup maybe that you thought it would be. Then it could be beating, let's say, or having to face number five or six Alabama, who could be sitting 11-1 if they finish out their regular season in the SEC championship. Then the playoff guesses could be any of these, right? You could play as the one seed, number four, Washington. If you were to beat them, you could play undefeated Michigan. Again, I'm just using some for instances. That's about as tough a stretch as I can remember in college football, that a seven-game stretch would include six teams ranked in the top right now, 14, four teams in the top 10, and three in the top five. That's brutal. Now, it's part of the deal playing in the SEC because you have the SEC title game, which typically features teams ranked that high and then the playoff teams. What adds to this is Missouri in the top 12, Ole Miss in the top 10, Tennessee in the top 13 or 14, all before you get to the SEC championship game. If the dogs are able to pull this off and become the first team to win a third straight championship since Minnesota did it way back in the 1930s, Tip your cap, tip your neighbor's cap, tip everybody's cap. That would be one hell of a story for a team that is really, really good, not as great as they were two years ago, and they don't have to be, but just for some context, probably not as good as they were a year ago. But they have a chance again to win a championship for a third straight year with the toughest gauntlet I can remember. It continues Saturday against Ole Miss, a 7 o'clock kick from Sanford Stadium in Athens. All right, so the Braves had to declare whether they were going to pick up options or move on from several guys. They did pick up the option on Charlie Morton. So his $20 million option, he'll be back in 2024. And I know that is never a popular one. I don't don't know why. I'm always the same way. Like, they're going to pick up Charlie's again. For that price tag, it's pretty good stability. I know the young pitchers, they love having Charlie around. He had a good year this past year. I still think they're going to add more in free agency. The free agent market for pitching, it's going to cost you so much more than $20 million. So that not crazy. The Braves declined options on Eddie Rosario, on Kirby Yates, on Colin McHugh, and Brad Hans. So it was only Charlie Morton they ended up picking up. So they've opened up some more money if they want to go out and do some shopping once the hot stove really begins. But keep in mind, the Braves will make a surprise move. They've done this almost every year, and it's a move we don't see coming. We're all focused on certain things. Like this offseason, we'll all focus on left field, and we'll all focus on a starting pitcher. There's a chance if Alex has a chance to get better at shortstop, he will. If there's a chance he could add more to the bullpen, he will. Here's what I mean by Alex doing some things that at the time we don't see coming. He's not looking to fill in gaps always, looking for opportunities to get better. Like he was signing Josh Donaldson to a one-year deal at the time worth $23 million, coming off the 2018 season when the Braves looked like Johan Camargo would be the starting third baseman. Then it was signing Will Smith to a three-year, $40 million deal at a time when they still had Mark Melanson and Chris Martin, but they signed Smith. How about signing Kenley Jansen? to a one-year deal worth $16 million at a time when they had just come off winning a championship and Will Smith was nails in the postseason. The Braves have done this over and over, and I think it's going to happen again. I mean, there are all kinds of wild guesses you could throw out for moves they can make. Like, they will do something via trade or free agency, certainly, to fill left field. 
And I don't know if that's Lourdes Goriel or if that's Teoscar Hernandez or just somebody. Do they go back to the well of Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall? Is Jock Peterson in that mix? Those things could all make sense. What's going to be intriguing to me is the starting pitching stuff. I know everybody's focused on Sonny Gray because it fits profile-wise what the Braves need. Price tag-wise could be there, too. I would not be shocked to see the Braves go in on Lucas Giolito or Jordan Montgomery or Eduardo Rodriguez or somebody we're not even paying attention to right now via trade that Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves could go make a move for. We go, oh, we didn't see that coming like we didn't see Sean Murphy coming or Josh Donaldson coming or Kenley Jansen or Will Smith or most of the things that Alex has done over the last several years. Again, we're all focused on the holes that he needs to fill. He's focused on opportunities to make the club better in, in other areas. Now, on this team, there's so much built in with your position players that left field is really the only one that makes sense, but I guess they could do something in short. if they What they're paying Orlando RC, he could be a backup shortstop at that price and it wouldn't bother anything if they feel like they can get better if some opportunity presents itself. So just always be on the lookout for the Alex surprise. He's built uh, his reputation in Atlanta on doing that stuff, and I would not be shocked to see it happen again this time around. We shall see as the hot stove heats up even more. If you guys would do me the favor by uh, following the podcast or subscribing on any podcast platform you want, if you're somebody who listens every now and again but has not subscribed, do it now. You'll make sure you have the pod waiting for you each and every day on your feed around 10 a.m., and uh, you'll be doing me a solid by adding more listenership to the podcast, which is always a huge help. I will talk to you folks later this afternoon on the radio at 2 o'clock in Atlanta on 680 The Fan. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily Ten. Subscribe to The Daily Ten now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. 
Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.